On this episode of Industry Relations, Rob and I go beyond the headlines of recent earnings calls of Open Door and Zillow. Let's go. This is Industry Relations, a podcast that's at the intersection of real estate and technology from an insider's perspective with Rob Hahn and Greg Robertson. Hey, everybody. I'm so happy to announce our newest sponsor, Rentspree. Rentspree is LA-based and is a provider of award-winning rental software that helps real estate agents, owners, and renters to simplify and automate the entire real estate rental process. From listing to lease, these guys have got it figured out. With nationwide coverage, Rentspree is an all-in-one platform is known for its easy and secure interface and suite of rental tools, including tenant screening, rent payments, marketing, and renter management. To date, Rentspree has partnered with over 250 of the most influential MLSs, associations, and brokerages, and they have over 1 million users throughout the U.S. That's great. In fact, they just announced a deal with the Miami Association of Realtors. This brings their agent count in Florida to over 120,000 agents, with over 600,000 total in the U.S. that is able to access Rentspree through their MLS or association. Rentspree is ranked 625th on the latest Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies list in 2022. Also, check out the show notes uh, for rentspree.com. They just issued a white paper that talks about the opportunities that agents can have by incorporating rentals in their business model. I've written a lot about this. I think it's a great strategy. So please visit rentspree.com to download that white paper. Thank you, Michael, and the entire Rentspree team for sponsoring Industry Relations. Rob and I really do appreciate it. So go visit rentspree.com today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Industry Relations uh, with Rob and Greg. Uh, my name is, of course, the notorious ROB, the Rob Hahn. And with me, as always, is the fabulous Greg Robertson. <laughs> Hola, Rob. Hola. Good morning. How you doing? All right, man. You know, it's yeah. another day in the life here. Yeah, as uh, as we're recording, uh, I think we normally record like Fridays, kind of reasonable. We're recording early on a Saturday, so yeah, got to get the energy just, uh, up, man. Yeah, I was just, I woke up early. I went, there's a car show that, that, that happens about a couple blocks from my house, so a lot of Saturday Cars and coffee? I go to that. Is that uh, the it's, thing? Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's called Donuts and Derelicts. Okay. <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> I was over there this morning with my uh, my bus, and I'm uh, talking to a lot of people, and they're like, oh, shit, i got to get back here and record this damn thing. Yeah, right on. Wait, so is that kind of – so is, you said donuts and derelicts, so it's more like classic cars, or is it still like the exotics and the – Oh, it's know? everything. Yeah, and everything. Okay. So you get, you get the classic cars, you get the you know air-cooled stuff like I've got, and you get you know all the, the hot rods and you know everything. Yeah, okay. it's all over the place. Yeah, because you can't really. <clears throat> I don't think you could go to Donuts and Derelicts with like a Veyron. You know what I mean? I just don't. Well, I mean, you know, there's been some Lambos. There's been some. Uh, I mean, they bring all sorts of things out there. Some yeah. of the de- local dealers bring some of the McLaren. I, I, I've seen a couple of those. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 all over the place, right? Yeah. It's just people that are into cars, right? I'm They're, just saying it's off brand. You, you know? Yeah. Bugattis and Lambos, like yeah. it's not really a derelict. I mean, we could call it. Yeah, a derelict, I mean, it's but... it's it's you know, it's I think it started just hot rods, and then it's kind of evolved over time. It's been going yeah. on here in Huntington Beach for a long, long time, right? So that's very cool. Yeah, yeah, one of these days, I think it'd be cool to go see one of those. Uh... But uh, dude, we got we got some stuff to talk about. <sighs> so, yeah. as as we all know, it's earnings season. 
you know, which is one of my favorite times of the year because we get to hear from all these real estate companies and their CEOs have to come tell us what's going on. And there's been a, there's been a couple of bombshells, <laughs> I, I think. Um, but, and there have been a couple of sort of expecteds, right? You know, I think Remax reported, um, you know, as Realogy reported, and it's kind of what we expected. The market's terrible. Um, both of them kind of squeaked by, you know, kind of managed to make a little bit of money, but it's bad. And we, we've known that. But yeah. Zillow and Open Door have been the two that were like, damn, <laughs> what? Um, so which one should we start with? Well, which introduced their, what, what did their earnings first? Was it Zillow or Open Door? I I Zillow, Zillow went first, it? yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about Zillow. Let's talk about Zillow. So um, what's interesting about Zillow is they had a pretty decent quarter, you know, all things considered. Um, they made money, you know, just wasn't as much. Uh, let's see here. EBITDA, I mean, or, no, I'm sorry, they actually they, they lost money. They didn't make money, money but I know, yeah. They, when I was looking at the EBITDA numbers, but yeah, yeah. net, they, they lost money. Um, but it wasn't as bad. That's what's interesting, you know, uh, look at, at least on a quarterly basis or even on nine months last year, first nine months, Zillow lost 267 million this year, only lost 29 million. Right. Yeah. That's a success, right? That's, that's it is a success. Part of that. <laughs> and that's, that's the funny thing to me. It's like, real estate goes, like, I didn't make money. I'm like, well, you know, their EBITDA was 441 million. So the losses, a lot of it come from to stuff like stock option grants and, you know, shit like that, non-cash. They're cash flow positive. You know, they have something like three and a half billion in cash. I mean, they're doing, they did okay, right? Yeah, I mean, I think what, what's helped them is that, I think it was last quarter or maybe it's just a few months ago, they they got rid of the inventory. Right, once they made and a the lot of the loss was out of buy buying. Yeah, Correct. So, um, so that was, you know, fortuitous in that sense. I mean, it's still kind of an ugly, ugly quarter for all around, but yeah. Hold on. Uh, but so considering all of that, they did pretty well, right? But obviously they talked about like every CEO uh, talked about the market's rough, the macro conditions. That was a big part of the Q&A with the Wall Street guys. And uh, yeah, Zillow's expecting it to be bad, right? Volumes will be low. Uh, prices will be bad. It's probably going to impact their premier agent business. So they talked about a couple new things, but it's in line with the super app thing that, you know, Rich yeah, Bart that's, mentioned that's the thing they, one Q. I mean, I mean, that's, that's a little bit, you know, that's an interesting strategy because they do keep referencing yeah. the super app, the super app. So, I mean, yeah. uh, that's a lot of pressure on whoever's building the super app, right? I mean, I hope the super I, I app bet it's is all of super. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we got super. a little bit of insight into what the super app is and the biggest pivot, the biggest sort of news that I heard from that was they're really focusing on like touring, obviously, but we knew that, right? You know, showing time, they're like touring is the big thing. So we're really going to emphasize touring, real time touring. That's real positive uh, overall. The one that's kind of got me scratching my head is they're going hard into mortgages, like hard, right? So obviously we know that, you know, they always had Zillow, not always, but, you know, a few years ago, they bought Zillow home loans. I've written about it. Um, I was like, okay, but it wasn't just a mortgage broker, right? Because typically when a broker, most brokers, when they have ancillary, it's mortgage brokers, right? Zillow went and bought a mortgage lender, you know, that could do its own underwriting. And I always thought this was about iBuying, 
right? This is about, right. okay, Zillow went and bought a home. They want to sell it. The buyer comes in. They want to be able to say, here, here, here's a loan, right? If you need a loan, we could do that for you. So you can buy our house. I always thought that's what it was. I think the industry thought that that's kind of what it was. And that's, in fact, what it was. <laughs> they weren't really about your traditional refi, you know, purchase mortgage. This earnings call, what, what I heard very clearly was they're like, no, no, we're going to purchase mortgage. Right? Refi business is dead. Everyone knows that. But because Zillow has such a massive advantage in traffic, they're like, we are going to go you know, lean heavy into it. I guess before this, they were really um, get, you know, when, uh, when somebody says, hey, I need a loan, they would just send that off to a mortgage lender. You know, it was like a mortgage marketplace, right? Um, now it's like, no, no, it's coming to Zillow Home Loans. Right. And they're going to do more to sort of really push that because mortgage is a critical part of the overall buyer journey. So yeah, I, I think I don't know. I, like, what's your thought on that? By the way, your yeah, mic I mean, is a little soft, Greg. If sorry, you know. I'll get closer yeah. here. So to me, this is right in line. I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of people that talk about quality of products is that they got to own the whole stack. Right. I mean, you got to right. You got to like if you want to really make uh, a great experience, you've got to own the whole stack. I mean, so shipping things to, off to somebody is that's its its own thing. But, you know, I was at this, uh, that T3 tech summit and one of the speakers there was Jimmy Mackin and he did a wonderful job of talking about, you know, the differences between what kind of Zillow provides agents and what a normal broker does. Right. And, right. and this goes to me with the same thing of this thing of like, you know, it's one thing to kind of, shoe off like okay here's here's our mortgage guys and then another thing to be it's part of the process right and what you know zillow does that no brokerages really do is that they don't provide leads they provide appointments right mm -hmm. and the difference between a lead and appointment is you know the grand canyon really right mm -hmm. especially um he went he even went as far as saying if brokers if you if you're providing your agents leads you might as well just light all that money on fire, right? You, you need to go the step further to kind of get them all the way there because they're not going to follow up. And they're, you know, another thing is they're not going to follow up. Right. So mm -hmm. I think <clears throat> Zillow is kind of taking that kind of stuff and they got to like now with this mortgage and anything else is like, how does I, how do I get all that part of the experience? Right. And this goes back to what we talked about with showing time. It's like, mm -hmm. they want somebody to be in front of the house, click a button and then an agent show up. Right? right. I mean, so all these things are about an experience they want to give a consumer that, you know, that they haven't really experienced before. Right. So I think um, now whether that's going to, you know, you know, what happens there is going to be, you know, interesting to see. I mean, how many people are going on to Zillow that are unrepresented? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I wish I knew that number. Right. Because, you know, that's the one they're talking about, because typically if they're working with an agent, the agents already got their kind of mortgage person signed up and they've already got, a, got them pre-qualified, right? So Yeah, you know, yeah, Rich I mean, what, Martin actually what talked about that a little bit. I want to and I'm sorry, I they don't the transcript hasn't been released. I listened to the earnings call. I want to say he said something like 40% of all all of their buyers did not have a mortgage or something like that. It was a pretty <laughs> substantial percentage. Well, there's, you know, there's not have a mortgage and not pre-qualified too, right? Because yeah. a lot of times the agents will make them pre-qualify and that yeah, yeah. gets them in their process, yeah. right? So right. clearly this implies uh, that they don't have an agent either, right? Because if they have an agent, then Zillow really doesn't have a pre yeah. premier agent lead to sell. So 
so we're talking about you know unrepresented buyers like first starting out the journey right just saying hey you know what babe we should think about buying a house let's go on zillow let's start kind of looking around right and they're like oh what about this one at that point they're unrepresented right and apparently a big chunk of them don't have a mortgage it's it was either like 40 percent or 80 percent. it was it was a big number yeah and, and again if i remember correctly on these attachment rates they don't even really have to hit really large percentage of attachment rates to really move the needle for, for, for revenue and other things for Zillow. Yeah, yeah. I think they said they were they were trying this as a rally. North Carolina was kind of their test market for this new way of doing things, and I think in the earnings call they mentioned a fifteen percent attach rate, yeah, which is pretty healthy. That's pretty I think good. so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but it's yeah. but why? I mean, you know, you're, you you said at the beginning, it's like I thought they bought this company years and years ago. So, is it the fact that the markets turn that this is giving them more? They're getting more success. Does that make any sense? No, I, I don't. Mean, what, why are they having? I mean, they've had this company, com this company for for a long time now, and they've talked. You know, everybody talks about attachment rates and title and mortgage and everything else, but. I mean, if you're saying that they, they were really highlighting that in the earnings call now, why is it, uh, if they're seeing more success than they have been and they're highlighting that, why now? I think the why now, so when they, when they bought Zillow Home Loans, it was after they launched Zillow Offers, right? Can I, so, the, so this is, so before you're saying it was a mortgage marketplace and then it was the Home Loans was after, yeah. after the iBuyer thing. Yeah. The version one of iBuyer or version two? Version like 1.5 version, you know, in other words, okay. so if you think about the iBuyer journey under Spencer, they started with iBuying marketplace, right? Right. Like open door, all these investors are going to give you yeah. offers along with a CMA from a premier agent, right? right? That was the first version. Then they moved to, you know what? We're going to directly be a participant, right? So that was one point, we'll call it 1.5, 2.0, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> when Zillow really became an iBuyer. Yeah, it's 2.0 2 to me, but right. go ahead. At that point, they went out and acquired um, Zillow. The Zillow Home Loans was bought at that point. And this was still under Spencer, right? And the idea was, I think, I think at the time that, okay, we're buying these homes. We're going to try and sell them. These buyers need to get a mortgage in order to buy our house, right? We might as well you know, sort of finance it as well, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I don't think that 2.0 was under Spencer. I thought that's Rich came in and said, okay, we're fully committing to this. I'm pretty sure they bought ML, MLOA, Mortgage Lenders of America, under Spencer. Okay. Right? I'm pretty sure. I guess but, that doesn't have to you know, coincide with, like, them going full eye Yeah. Right? Yeah, clearly. And then when, when Rich came, came back, it was, like, you know, full throttle ahead, right? And Zillow Home Loans was never really like that profitable, right? It wasn't, and they were spending a lot of time and a lot of money building up the technology, the infrastructure, you know, making it much more efficient for a couple of years. Um, my personal thought, and I've written on this many, many times, I've talked about it many, many times. My personal thought always was I buying was never about homes, it was about mortgages. So it made sense for Zillow to own a lender, like not just a mortgage broker, but a lender. Right. Um, and I thought that's like, it made sense. It was an overall strategic thing. The whole experience was centered around this market maker, you know, that could provide fine. And then obviously when Zillow said, you know what, we're done with I buying, we're out. 
That was a year ago. <laughs> it was precisely a year ago. I feel like everything just kind of went topsy-turvy and I couldn't make sense of it. I was like, okay, not, not, now what? Right? Like, what does Hazilla Home Loans do now? You know, kind of thing. So to me, this is a year later, the answer. What Zilla Home Loans does now is effectively it tries to become rocket mortgage. I mean, I don't know how else to put it, right? Right. Effectively. Right. It's just that they have almost all the buyer traffic in North America. Like right. Rocket still has to go out and, you know, advertise and whatever. You know, all these uh, whatever, Chase, Wells Fargo, all of them have to advertise. Every time you walk into a bank branch, it's, you know, mortgage, right? Where Zillow's like, we have all the buyers, so we might as well serve them up with, uh, do you need a mortgage? Like right there, you know, and apparently they're having a good amount of success with it, right? So I think that's the answer this quarter, right? And it's sort of shaping up like, okay, if you don't have eye buying as a central part of this process, then you have to have something, and I think that's a super app, right? That's going to help buyers and sellers both, you know, throughout that entire sort of Zillow ecosystem and provide them with stuff and service that they need, right? All along the journey, and Zillow has all of the pieces, right? They have agents through Premier Agent, they have mortgage through home loans, they have title escrow through Zillow closing services, they have technology, they have, you know, like it's, it's that. I feel like that's, in effect, the super app, right? So right. So, but I mean, again, clearer. it goes back to my question. So they, I just looked it up. So they bought that company in two, November of 2018, right? Yeah. So, you know, let's, that's four years ago. Yeah. So again, why now Three. is it take, is it, is it doing better? I mean, let's look at mortgage segment. Uh, not really. <laughs> I mean, Mortgage so segment really, lost so a lot of money. I mean, but you're saying they, they highlighted it like it was it was one of the things to talk about this quarter, yeah. right? I it mean, was one of the five pillars of growth for right. future. Okay, because right? that's very ambitious. So goal. is this more the same? I mean, I think I, I feel like everybody's been saying every company like, oh, we bought a mortgage company. I mean, Moto Mortgage over at Remax. Everybody's saying, you know, or was there anything? You know, was it just part of that narrative that they're always saying, or is it? Is there really something there, there? Yeah, I mean, the something there, there to me is the fact that they said prior to this, prior to this quarter, prior to this announcement, you could always ask for a mortgage on Zillow, right? But Zillow would be like sending those out as leads. Well, hold on. I mean, I thought, but they bought this back in 2018. I know. Even with that, because the, when they bought it, the purpose was this is about iBuying. Right. Okay. So they okay. never did this, right? They always had this like third party relationships. What they announced this quarter was those are all gone now. Right. It's all going to Zillow Home Loans, basically. Right. right. Um, and the other sort of interesting relevant part is, again, looking at just the rally test market that they did this in, uh, I don't want to say it's required because that would be, you know, that would be problematic, but I feel like it's a strongly encouraged relate part of the relationship with the premier agents that they will mention Zillow home loans. Right. Right. Which, you know, I mean, it just makes sense. Like how, right. I don't know how you get 15% adoption rate. Right. Uh, you know, if you don't, if you don't have that, right. And yeah. Rich Barton specifically talked about how they have advantages in, in customer acquisition, which is look again, we're Zillow.com. We have all the buyer traffic. And the second P was distribution, meaning they have, 
you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of agents, right? So they could do distribution through that network, right? And as we saw, especially in recent times, you know, whether it's Better or Tomo or even Rocket, right? The key to sort of that mortgage you know, business is you have to get the local agent on the ground kind of to be on your yeah. side. Just something a mortgage industry is known for, I don't know, 30 years, right? Like we know all about the mortgage officer relationships and how they have to go, you know, form these, build these relationships with agents, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's the next challenge to be had, right? Um, apparently they were yeah, but pretty successful in rally. Yeah, I mean, it's not, and the problem is, is that They've the agents using Premier Agent have already seceded their fucking control, right? Because, you know, again, like I said before, they're signing up to get an appointment, right? So Zillow's handling all the lead, you know, the lead incubation and everything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then it would be kind of crazy for the agents says, okay, well, I want to use my own mortgage guy. Well, you've already surrendered all this other stuff here, right? So if you if you want to kind of you know still be on this program, you have to like surrender. It's just, you know, again, it's like it's the uberification of the whole thing. I mean, really. Um, so you think it's just, I mean, so that just raised the question, like, what's, is there any sort of, I guess the way to think about it is how do you think the industry thinks about this? Well, I mean, you know, again, going back to that talk with Jimmy was talking about, it's like, you know, most mortgages, uh, sorry, most brokerage have some sort of like, you know, you know this better than I do, like, you know, it, it might be uh, uh a cut of like 20, 25%, right? With caps, right? Um, Zillow's like 45%, right? <laughs> and, like, you know, he did this like little little um, uh, experiment where he went on Twitter like, your mortgage, your broker says that the, because of the economy, they're raising splits to 45%. What do you do? Right. I leave. I start my own. I mean, everybody's pissed off. Yeah. Meanwhile, Zillow's getting that every freaking day. Yeah. So yeah. how... What's the difference here? What is Zillow doing that you're not as a broker that is allowing them to kind of charge such just high split rates, right? right. So, um, you know, it's 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 how the industry is taking it. it. You know, more people. You know, there's a lot of people that uh, sign up to become a premier agent. And then the other part about that is, is like, if if you don't do exactly what Zillow wants you, they kick you off. They got somebody waiting in the wings anyway, right? Mm. So it's it's really just it's that it's as you said. It's like. Because they've captured all the buyers in the U.S., it just gives them so much power and control, right? And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just selling ads, they're just like, how else can we, how else can we do this, right? How what what other things can we do to to yeah. maximize that traffic for sure? Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, it, that was like I said, it was the bombshell. What's interesting about it is the timing, right? It's like sure, it makes sense strategically, and I'm sure they've been thinking about this for months. I don't think Rich and Zillow and any of those guys knew that the mortgage market was going to absolutely tank. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, talk about a bloodbath. You know, yeah. I, I, who was I speaking to? Um, I was talking to one of the guys at T360 and just talk about, look, macro-wise, like, mortgage already felt it, you know, because they've seen refi volumes are down like 90%, purchase volumes are 40-year lows or whatever. So, like... Morgan's already laid off thousands and thousands of people. You know, I mean, it's it's a bloodbath in that industry. The thinking is that's going to come to real estate next year, right? You know, where and we're already starting to see sales volume be you know dramatically down. Prices aren't down yet because a lot of reasons. The thinking yeah, is but that, it, 
Right. I think to me though, it's like, it's, it, it almost had to happen. I mean, this nonsense of like 50 bids, you know, and the price is just going through the roof. I mean, yeah, it's, it's impacting the mortgage industry with these rates going up. I mean, and the fed, I mean, gave a little bit of sign of like they might pivot in the future, but I yeah. mean, another 75 basis points, they were full steam ahead, right? Maybe next yeah. time. I think the way that I, I heard it is like, maybe it's 50 next time, 50 basis points or something, but still, yeah. I mean, I think they could, I think they think they can do as long as jobs are up and there's still a lot of equity in homes. I feel they can, they're going to keep going until one of those two things kind of, um, kind of, kind of changes, but, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's ugly out there for for sure. I mean, you yeah. know, I know many people are affected by, I think Zillow, what was the last week of October, 300, 300 people laid off. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been others, you know, in other companies as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's so when you say real estate is going to feel it next, I mean, I real estate's feeling it now too. Right. I mean, um, true. True. I mean, Compass laid off, you know, Redfin laid off, everyone's laying off. Everybody's, um, you know, everybody's laying yeah. off. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, I know, you know, October is traditionally the time when, when companies start doing budgets for next year and their annual operation plans and everything like yeah. that. So, um, yeah. you know, I know from, you know, everybody's thinking about this. What is, what is next year look like? Right. So yeah. it's, yeah, uh, yeah. it's going to be interesting for sure. What's interesting is of course, there's a lot of money that's sitting on the sidelines, you know, waiting yeah. for to swoop back in, you know, at some point they're going to be real opportunistic in the spring, you know, maybe into the summer, you know, whether it's homes or companies or whatever. So that's, that'll be interesting. You know? Yeah. I don't, you know, to me, it's like, I think 2003, you know, 23, sorry. I mean, that's going to be a pivotal, that's a hunker down year. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to see any, you know, maybe a normalization of the market because those, those rates are going up where you get more, the supply is, you know, becomes a bit more so you can kind of even things out. It's, it's still a, it's still a seller's market. Right with with the supply yeah. levels, but um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, maybe maybe there'll be some normalizations, but I think it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's gonna be tough for a lot of people. Yeah. All right. So I, there's, I'm sure we could spend a little bit more time. Um, you know, I mean, I certainly need to write something up on Zillow and just look into it a little bit more. This is just sort of a first reaction kind of thing. The numbers look fine. You know, numbers looked okay. Uh, their losses were not as bad, but then again, that's compared to last year. Right. Zillow has cleared out all of the inventory, so they're no longer in the home owning business. Right. That's done. Um, and they got out. I'm sure they took a little bit of losses, right? Just because the market has done what it's done this well, year. Their stock is, you know, right? more than a little uh, bit, right? Their stock's been hammered, but now that they've cleared this out, it's possible we could see them kind of back in back, right? Because the IMT business is still really, really healthy, you know? Still uh, down. I mean, it's not down. growing. It's not growing. It's not growing, and they talked about that, right? They addressed it because, again, as the market declines, you're going to have fewer agents be able to spend, you know, on advertising, spend on stuff. But same thing. Last downturn, a lot of the great big agent teams of today were built in the last downturn, right? Where everybody else was like, oh, my God, and fleeing. These guys doubled down. They invested, you know, and... You know, through like, whether they were doing uh, whatever um, REO business or just getting super aggressive, like we know that when COVID happened, we, I know for a fact there were agent teams with doubled market share, right? During the first like yeah. Yeah, early sure. part, right? When everyone was freaking out, oh my God, I don't know how to, it's like, I have Zoom, I have drones, like, 
let's go get it, you know, and they did. Um, so I think that I think Zillow's going to be all right, especially on the premier agent side. It's just whether they're going to be able to hit those five pillars, things going to be real interesting, you know? Yeah, I think they'll be um, all right. It's, but, you know, going back to the levels they were at, um, before, I mean, you know, and sometimes that the stock price doesn't really isn't reflective of that. I mean, that's going to be ways, yeah, for any we'll, for we'll all real estate to kind of gain back into those gains. But the other really interesting company, right, was of course Open Door, right, right, and uh, you know the the Twitter, whatever, the real estate social media is all just like they lost a billion dollars this quarter. You know, that's the top, and, and again, huge layoffs as well. 550 yeah 18 percent you know like big layoffs um so it's like okay yeah that's bad <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know where, i don't know i don't know i mean i think both of us are long on open door but yeah this is this this is a uh a soul-shaking you know type of event you know this 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 last earnings call is like yeah a billion dollars you know good yeah. lord yeah but um you know, so I went into, I dug a little bit, you know, I went through the transcript, you know, I looked into numbers a little bit and it's actually not that bad. Like, <laughs> okay. Uh, please, you know, it's pontificate on this, you know, please explain. Yeah. I mean, most of the losses it's not, came, it wasn't $2 billion, right? So how bad could it be? No, no. Like literally it's like, it's I, I, what I'm saying. It's just bad. Right? It's bad. No, no. It's not like, uh, you know, Eric came out and took a victory lap. That's not what happened. Right. Right. It's bad, and they, he acknowledged it's bad. Thing is, as I'm looking through it, these guys are making all the right decisions. You know what I'm okay. saying? Okay. No, here, so here's if you look at most of our losses, like 550 million of it or whatever, it's because they did two things. Right. Number one, they enter into a bunch of contracts earlier in 2020, earlier this year, right, at the higher prices, and they chose not to cancel them. In other words, they went to like, they knew, oh my God, if we buy, if we go through with this purchase, we're going to lose our ass. Right. And they said, but we're going to do it anyway, because, you know, brand, you know what I mean? Like they really felt like, reputational yeah, stuff, yeah. if they just started like withdrawing their offers, then their whole, their whole company, the whole brand is built on the idea of as a seller, you have the certainty, right? That you're not dealing with a retail buyer who might not qualify for the loan. You know what I mean? Things could fall apart. Like, no, this is a big institution coming in and offering me a check. I'm paying them five percent, you know, fee plus I'm taking less money, right, on the barrel. But in exchange, I get the certainty. Right. And so they said, you know what? We're gonna lose our ass. We're gonna go through with it. So they bought a whole bunch of homes they knew were overpriced. Right. And they saw the trends and said, we're going to lose a lot of money on this stuff. Like, holy shit. And they knew it and they did it anyway. Right. So most of the loss really comes from that. Right. <clears throat> they bought high and sold low. Okay. Well, as a market maker, especially if you decide to go through with it on purpose, that's to be expected. Right. But since then, so again, looking through it, they went completely risk off, meaning they're like, okay, we're going to get super conservative as a result. They've been offering like way less than what they were. So they redid their model, right? And they did talk about it. Look, the speed of decline is yeah, the, the fastest velocity is what everybody talks about is right. how crazy it was, right? Yeah, it's just like we've never seen this before, right? Um, so they remodeled it. And now, so from sometime in July, they've been offering way less. 
you know, and in their financial lease term, the spreads are way higher than it's ever been. Right. And they did talk about those homes are doing well. Even in this market, those homes are doing fine because they paid low and, you know, then they're, so they're able to resell they're, those. Uh, uh, basically spinning this, and it, it could be true, this is a one-time hit, one-time adjustment, know. right? Yeah. It'll be this a two-time. Like, so they warned about Q4. They said Q4 is going to be the trough, right? In other words, they're sort of like, look, if you thought it was bad, we lost a billion in Q3. They're going to lose like a billion and a half in Q4. You know, I mean, like Q4 is going to be the worst. Well, but, what about the cash? I mean, you know, that's the key thing. It's all right, on so, paper. I mean, if right. you if you lose one billion a quarter, I don't know how many people have you know billions of dollars in cash to kind of make. What what do they got? Three quarters left. I mean, no, they have they have about one point five left, right? And so that's gone next quarter. If they lose that much money in cash, but cash flow and losses are a little different, right? Right. So they're going to book the losses. A lot of his inventory write down, right? Um, and the one the well, homes I mean, they've bought since are doing well. So they'll be able to sell those homes at a profit, right? Even into this market because they're anticipating the pricing curve like this. So presumably they bid under that, right? Knowing that. if like In other words, if you're like, look, all homes are going to drop 5%, you know, over the next three months, so they're going to go and offer 10% less, right? Right. So in other words... And so, I think they also talked about, I believe, and this goes back to velocity, is like just yeah. the turnaround time of refurbishing homes they're trying to kind of get from Correct. They're, they're, 25 days to 15 days or something Correct. like that. Right? Correct. So they're doing all the right things. So I'm looking at like, you know, I, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Elon Musk. I don't care if you're Jeff Bezos. I don't care. You're the greatest businessman that's ever lived. Warren Buffett. I don't care who you are. You're caught in this situation. You're right? You own all these these homes, all these assets whose value is just plummeted. They're just getting rid of it, man. Right? They're doing the right thing. They're not trying to hold on saying, well, the market's going to improve. No, no. They're just like fire sale. Right? Like take the loss. Just get rid of it. And they did talk about you know, it, to do this, you have to have capital. You can't, you know what I mean? Like, you can't take those types of losses unless you have enough capital. And they're like, we have plenty of capital. At one point in the call, I think it was Eric. It might have been Carrie, the CFO. It's like, we actually feel like we're pretty well capitalized. You know, they have over $1.5 in cash. They have like $11 billion in, uh just access to capital through lending facilities. They got another $700 million, you know. Yeah, the borrowing costs are going to be higher because rates are higher, but they have it. They have the money, and as long as they know what their borrowing costs are, they can make adjustments, and they're making those adjustments, right? So that's all I'm saying. I'm saying they're doing, making all the right moves, right? So this isn't, we took a billion-dollar loss because we're idiots. We took a billion-dollar loss because the market did what the market did. We'll see, right? There are two other things that came out of this that was interesting for me. One is... Um, one is that they think after next quarter, when they have cleared through sort of this old inventory, right? And in order to clear through it, they're going to be really aggressive on pricing. So if you're a home buyer, now might be a good time to go make a bid on an open door home because right? they're going to price it to just fire sale, right? That's right. One. Now, these are the new homes that they're buying? I mean, no, no. The, new homes, so but they're I mean... trying to get rid of the old inventory that they yeah. bought too high. The new homes yeah. that they're buying, of course, they're trying to sell those too, but those they bought low enough that they're going to make money, right? 
on that front, what was really interesting that came out of it was they talked about their conversion rate. So historically, apparently, Open Door's conversion rate was over 30%, meaning three out of 10 people they sent an offer to took it, right? What's surprising and very encouraging, if you're an Open Door bull like I am, I'm, I'm long Open Door, right, is they're at 15, 10 to 15% in this market when Wait, they're they were making 30 before offers. and 10 to 15 now? Yeah. So 30% of people would take offers before, and historically. Now 15. Correct. So less people are taking the offers. Correct. But it's way more than they expected because what they were doing was they're making lowball offers, essentially. Yeah, you right. have to explain. That. I mean, right. so prior, <laughs> you know, it's like you know, it's like they lost a billion dollars, and I think they're doing everything right. Um, less people are taking their offers, and I think that's a, that's brilliant. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're, it's a, it's a very counterintuitive. It is counterintuitive. I know. So I had to read through it. I was like, wait, what? But here's <laughs> here's the point that they're making. Right? They're almost out of business, and that's. I mean, I think that's. Oh, dude, they are very far from sly. Out of those Open guys, doors right? actually doing uh, actually pretty well, I think. But here's what I'm getting at. Like, what they're doing now, again, you have to read through all this Wall Street financial lease. What they're doing now essentially is offering way less than they've ever offered, right? So let's say you think your home is worth 500, right? Before, they would come in and offer maybe like 495, you know? Or if not 500, like, we'll just give you a list, right? Because you're going to yeah. pay us 5%. Now what they're doing is, you think your home is worth 500, we're going to offer 450, we're going to offer 400 because we expect home prices to decline by the time we are finished. Right. And they're saying even with that, they're getting 15% of people. Yeah, sure. I'll take that offer. Right. That's, that's a big number, man. That is, that's really encouraging to think. That, and, and so they got, he asked, he got asked about it, right? One of the answers like, uh, can you explain that? Like what, what's going on there? And his explanation essentially was interesting twofold. Number one, they have a lot of institutional clients, right? And we knew right. that Open Door yeah. did have big institutions. Now we've learned this is the first time I heard them mention a number between ten and twenty percent of their of their business comes from institutions. I would right? large reads, that. yeah, but yeah, things of that nature. Um, and those guys are just like, sure, but we don't give a shit. The other one, though, is he talked about they have substantial number of sellers who have a lot of equity especially yeah. over the last eight years, right? And those people value their time and you know, whatever more, and they're willing to just take these low-ball low offers because they're like, For I'm still coming out ahead, right? Yeah. That's a that's a big number, man. That's what I'm going to ask. So 15%, let's say, being the, the limit, that's a pretty healthy number, right? And this is – now, keep in mind, this is with real estate agents telling everybody, you're an idiot if you sell to Open Door. You're leaving all this money on the table. Yeah, some do. Some some see the advantages also right. because you know there's still some referral so, money that they can get there too. So what I'm saying is like, yeah, obviously it's not as good as thirty percent, but fifteen percent is way higher than I expected. That's a pretty substantial. That's a pretty high right. number. Right. So they're dialing it in, right? They're dialing it in now to see what you know right. what that is, right? So right. it's better to, it's better to get fifteen percent of an offer they're going to make money on than thirty percent of people of offers are not going to make money. Right. Correct. The way you're putting and, it. Yeah. And the thirty percent that they were getting previously, they they would they would have been fine until the if macro it, environment did this, 
right? Yeah, it was just so quickly. Yeah, and no one could so expect quickly. this. Because last quarter they talked about, look, in any historically, like through the entire time we've been tracking housing, home prices never fell more than like 1% you know, in a quarter. Well, it fell more than that this time because the Fed went and said, we're going to jack the rates and, you know, Inflation is what it is, and all of that. So, well, I mean, I think wasn't he the guy that, or one of those guys, made the quote of "it's a forty-year." Yeah. What 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 was the context behind that? Because I mean, if I, if we look back at the, you know, the 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 Great Recession here, yeah. I mean, to me, that would be the, the you know that's within this forty-year thing. What what, what if, do do you know what they were talking about? In the they were talking about of, the rate, the the speed, the velocity of rate increases. Is okay. the fastest in forty years. Right? Okay. So with this, I guess let's say, I mean, the everybody points back to the seventies, mm-hmm. right? When when they had to do something. So I guess back then, yeah, yeah, I think maybe it was lo- a lot slower, and that's the, yeah. the lessons we're trying to learn from on on this one. Yeah, they just you know seventy five, seventy five, seventy five, right? So yeah, yeah. So basically, the last time was when Volcker, you know, right. Uh, and Reagan came in, so we have to crush inflation. And they basically put the company, the country, into recession, right? And it was so fifteen percent rates and blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, and it's the fastest, right? I mean, if they let's put it this way: if the Fed had done this by twenty-five basis points, right, kind of raise rates, and everyone say, "Hey, we're we're raising rates, but we're going to do it slower," then we're not going to see this type of t- turmoil. But right. I think the Fed wanted to send a message to everybody. We're really serious. We're going to just kill rates. We're going to kill jobs. We're going to put it, you know, 75, 75, 75. I was listening to a different podcast recently talking about that. And, um, you know, they think like, you know, some people in the market, like I've been talking about, I think that they have to pivot. Like maybe I'm completely wrong because of Jay Powell and the Fed's like, no, no, we're going to keep doing this. <laughs> and ultimately it's sort of like, where do you end up, right? And the, these guys are saying that they think the Fed's going to end up around five to six percent Fed funds rate, right? yeah, which probably means more like ten percent mortgage rates, you know, like something along yeah. those lines. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be brutal, right? Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, one next in, year, man, it's going to be thing. yeah. But that's my point. By next year, so Q three, Q one, Q three. Open door might be out of the woods. Q3 right? of next year. Q1 of next year. Right now, there's Q4, like, right now, because they're in the midst of it right now. It's going to be the trough. And they mentioned it, right? It's because they still have a lot of these properties they bought back in Q1 and Q2, right? They have to get rid of it. They're going to get rid of it, right? They're not going to just hold on to it. They're going to get rid of it, and they're going to take huge losses on those. Yeah, right? I, I... I, I... I disagree with that. I think there's going to be more turmoil, turmoil next year. I mean, I think we're going to be, I don't think we're at the, we're through the woods at all in Q4 this year or Q1 or Q. I mean, I think all of 2023 is, is, is going to be ugly. Oh no, of course. Um, but all I'm saying is, but I, I just don't. And I think that ugliness is going to translate into Zillow, Open Door, and everybody out there, you know, having to deal with it, right? So I, I don't think nobody's out of the woods. I don't think, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think there's, I, you know, what you're saying to me, it sounds like, is that once Q4 is over with, we're going to see less billion-dollar losses from Open Door next year. Right. I'm not sure if I have that confidence. 
I, I think it has, well, again, now the whole question is execution. Like, is the team there good enough and smart enough to, in other words, the question is, are they able to buy houses low enough, right? Because you're right. If, if, you're, if we think that everything's going to be still really bad in 2023, but as an iBuyer, if you then say, okay, if I think home price may 30% lower, I'm going to bid 30% less, then they'll be fine, right? So it's all about, like, what do you expect and does your expectation come through? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the thing that could help here is that, you know, some of the stuff I read is, like, the, the sellers are still greedy. You know, the, right. their neighbor across the street sold right. for $400,000 more right. than what my agent told me to list. And they're like, right. that's – my house is better than that. It's like, right. you know, maybe by – maybe next year these sellers will just – they're maybe they're, they're realizing it now, but right. – um, maybe they're going to wake up a bit more and know, like, right. yeah, th this isn't this isn't Kansas anymore, right? right? And I, I mean, think that's the case yeah. across across the board, right? And I think right. we're seeing it in houses. Uh, I certainly have been following a little bit on what's going on with like the used car market, like a lot of these car dealers, and you know, people are not coming to terms with like where that market is now. Um, we're seeing it in M and A, right? You know, like we talked about CoStar the other day, uh, you know. And he's like, we're looking to buy buy companies, but yeah. sellers are not realistic. You know, like they're yeah. not adjusting. It's happening in venture capital, right? A lot of VCs are like, look, we we still have money to invest. We have to deploy funds if we're going to make money. But the valuation we're seeing is not reflective of market conditions, right? It's sort of that kind of thing. I'm like, all right, you know, it is what it is. My point simply is that if Open Door can execute, I see no reason why they can't. They've you know, they have a long record of executing, then the moves they're making now should mean that by Q1, they're mostly out of the woods. Right. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah. they're mostly out of the woods. I'm not saying they're out of the woods. None of us are out of the woods. But it's it gives me some, some reason for like, okay, these guys at least know what the fuck is happening, right? And they're making the adjustments. They're going, quote, risk off. So that's good. The right. second piece, though, is super interesting. Um. They're really launching a third third party marketplace, right? So open door exclusives right, is something that they rolled out a few months ago. Yeah. I think in Austin, Phoenix, I want to say, Dallas. It was a couple markets. Well, whatever markets. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. So apparently, they're now really expanding that to third party mar exclusive marketplace, right? Third so meaning, party. explain that to me. Yeah, open door exclusives. Open door wins goes and buys a home. So open door has a bunch of homes in inventory, right? Yeah. For fourteen days, you can go on opendoor.com and buy that house, right? Yeah. yeah. No haggle. I'm familiar with how that yeah. works. Yeah. What they're saying is now they're going to allow homeowners to go on this on opendoor.com and put their house up as an exclusive. So open door didn't buy it. Open door doesn't own it, right? Like I own it. And I go on open door. I say, here's my house. And here's the no haggle, buy now price. And you, can, you as the buyer yeah. can uh, you know, take advantage of all the open door tools. Me as a seller can take advantage of all the open door tools. That's, that's what they're, so they're what, launching and, for. And is there a listing fee for this? Or is there a... It's probably a, the 5% fee that they charge sellers. But that's five percent fee would include like that's supposed to be refurbishing and blah blah blah. Correct. I mean, there's so a maybe lot of things there. Did, I don't. I mean, I'll go look through it again because I just sort of skimmed it a little bit. Um, 
but that's yeah. That's I mean, we talked about this before. We we you know we went back and forth on this, and I thought yeah. the the whole reason they were doing one of the big reasons, and maybe it was the main reason they did the deal with Zillow, was because that was their strategies to build this. Um, you know, to have unique inventory. And that's what everybody wanted was a unique inventory, right? So right. That, that you would get to a point where like, yeah, I'm going to check Zillow, but I got to check the open door site because those aren't on Zillow, right? right. So right. so this, this to me is another sign of them wanting to accelerate that portal, right? right. So by allowing, you know, by allowing, you know, Fizbo's, I guess, on that site, um, right. you know, they're, they're able to expand the inventory on there. Now, right. you know, so... Yeah, I, I would have to kind of, I, that's very interesting to me. I didn't read that. So I have to read a little bit more into that and see how they're charging for that. Is there a It's going to be 5%. There a, I just looked at it, you know. It's 5%. Right. And so do, okay, let me ask this question. If they list it on Opendoor, do they have to then use Opendoor as the broker if indeed, as the agent? That's you know, a as, really as good question if, because, right. Because that's where I the 5% would come in. Well, five percent is just a fee. It's just a service fee for using the. But that's the same thing as they're kind of. You list with us. It's you know, if I buy you, it's five percent. I mean, that's so. That's right. me. Sounds like. So, so if somebody comes on there and says, "I want this house," Open Door knows that. Okay. Open Door then goes to the to the Fisbo and says, "Okay, I'm buying that house." Because somebody wants to buy this, and that's five percent. No, uh, no, this would be simply the buyer just. Buys directly from the FISBO. The buyer buys directly from the FISBO. Right. And maybe Open Door gets the mortgage. Maybe not. Open Door's happy with getting the 5% because here's the thing about that 5%. Open Door has no capital at risk. But, but you know, they're you just, want, they're I mean, just matching they, they buyers. They also though. want, yeah, but I mean, to me, you want a professional in that situation, right? You want the certainty of like, you don't want to, you know, okay, hey, Mr. FISBO, who, who doesn't have their shit together and Mr. Buyer who possibly doesn't have their shit together, you know, let me know when you're done with the transaction so I can get my 5%. No, uh, no motherfucker. I want to be the guy. Okay. I got these two guys. Let me make this happen for you. Mm -hmm. I want to control that. I mean, there's gotta be some, some level of control they have in there. They're not just going to let these guys go off into the wilderness, make a deal. And then let, let, let me know when I can get my 5%. Well, so the only other thing I saw is the big feature of the third-party platform. Number one, what they talk about is as sellers, you can use all of the open door tools, right? So whatever tools and features are available in an open door owned house, you as a seller can use as well, right? You know, the whole like unlock the door with open open door app. If you want to install that smart lock, whatever, you can use all of that, right? The thing that they mentioned was a $50,000 appraisal guarantee, right? So I guess as a seller, if I if you go on the open door, you put it on that website, open door will offer a fifty thousand dollar appraisal guarantee. Meaning, if it doesn't appraise, if it right, they'll step in with here's money to make up the appraisal gap. Right? Interesting. Very. Yeah, very that's really. I got. I got to read more on that. That's that's yeah. very interesting. I just. Yeah. So when you, yeah, when, I, when I started thinking about okay, some so, details. So let me get this straight. If you have to go, this is this is a no haggle buy now price, right? Like. There's no offers. It's five hundred thousand. Here are the conditions, right? If turns out I fail to disclose something, so it doesn't appraise. Open door is going to step in and make whole, right? What negotiation? Like, 
if I'm a buyer, like I don't, there's no back and forth. There's, it's like, oh, 500, I'm, yes, I want that. Or no, I don't want that, right? There's no negotiation. There's no back and forth. What do you need a professional for? Right. You need a professional to get more than, than what you're offering there, right? That's what you need a professional for. You're giving right. that up. Or if you do, then from an open door standpoint, like go, but we don't care. Like go have a professional, right? Like it doesn't affect open door in any way. Well, if they have a professional, so they've got a listing agreement with a professional. That's sure. Then they can't, I don't think they can put it on that site. Why not? As long as you're well, because, paying 5% to open door, what, like, what is, what is open door care? Right. I mean, I, they would also have to put it on Zillow as well. Presumably. Well, yeah. I don't know. Cause we don't know what the Zillow open door partnership specifies. Right. But the MLS, if if you've got a listing agreement with a, with a with a with an agent, right? That, but that's the part listing of an MLS, agent. right? They they have to they have to put it on uh, correct. IDX, that's right? that's the listing agent's Zillow. problem, not Open Door's problem, right? Well, if they want to if they want to remain friendly with MLSs, it's it, it's part of their problem. What to explain? What do you mean by that? Okay, you're saying that, you know, you're saying that people that put. Uh, sellers that put this on the private network of exclusive listings from Open Door can use agents. Okay. Now, first of all, if maybe, they're using maybe. an agent, I don't, I don't know. Wait, so, maybe oh. I don't know. We don't know the details of that. Let's assume right, they. I'm, can. I'm just saying, if you're saying that's the case, well, first of all, if you sign an ex if you sign with an agent, you sign a listing agreement. Right. Well, it's no longer exclusive because it's going to be on Zillow. So True. I don't know why they would be using that in the first place. So I just don't think that's the case. Okay. So, yeah. So you think it's going to be FISBO, basically? Yeah. Either either FISBO or you. If it's not if it's not a FISBO, then it's represented by a broker. If it's not a broker, it's on IDX, which means it's not exclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very good point. All right. So we have to assume this is essentially just a managed FISBO platform. Right. I mean, again, I think if somebody makes a if and if somebody makes an offer on that site, yeah. they're going to be going through open doors process right and open door is going to be going to the seller okay we're buying your home right right or and here's the five percent or there's some sort of legalese legal type of, of transaction where we're facilitating this right to 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 make to make this this connection but they open door is going to control that transaction they're not going to let these two people do it by themselves no. Open door is gonna is gonna control that transaction. What do you mean by control the transaction? Because there's not a whole lot to control if you have a flat buy now. But this is it. No haggle. Well, I mean, there's you know, there's still like you said, there's the uh, appraisal, there's the title, there's you know the the paperwork that has to be done. I mean, there's there's a transaction that's there, right? I mean, sure, it's an not, open door. You know, it's, and, and some Fisbo guy, a lot of times they just don't understand. Well, damn, I got a, the radon sheet. I've got to sign. The you know whatever, yeah, right? yeah, I mean, yeah maybe yeah. that goes away because it's a cash offer, but still there's there's a lot there. Or even if it's not, you know, then Open Door's got a bunch of forms and it, you know it's a managed FISBO. I mean, to your point, right? So it's no, yeah, not but gonna they're going to be listing, but agent. they're going to be the one managing it because they they want the certainty that that transaction's not is going to close, right? They don't want these two randos to get together and like uh, you know, let me know when you guys are done. And that doesn't yeah, make sense. I guess. What I wonder is, it's depending on how automated it is, they might not care that much, right? 
because they're not spending. Well, it's not. Of- I mean, it's, if it's not automated at all, if they're just telling them to go, you know, go work it out themselves. And if the, if it's the automation is coming from Open Door, well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. What I mean is, if the, if Open Door staff is not sitting there having to shepherd this, right? Open Door staff like- has to shepherd this. Why? That's what I'm saying. Because again, they want this. They want the transaction to close. They don't want it. They don't want to be out. You know. Again, you guys let me know when things are done. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't see any. That doesn't make any sense to me. So if it's just a platform, it's like all right. Fizzbolt comes in. They list their house. They agree to pay Open Door five percent, right? It says there are a bunch of articles, a bunch of forms, right? That you can download and do whatever. And for the buyer, it's like you come in, you see the house in open door, you click buy now. Congratulations, you bought this house. Here's the seller's info. Like, here's escrow title. Here's the title company, which would be open door escrow, let's say. I think it's a lot more complicated than, than you make it out to be. But I mean, you know, it probably I, I to, is. I mean, let, let's, 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 I have to read to see what they're doing, but yeah. it'd be yeah. highly unlikely they just, with whatever platform or not, that there's not somebody yeah. shepherding that it. deal. Read it. So like I said, it, all of the headlines in real estate has been around the billion-dollar loss, right? And was like, open doors failing, they suck, da da, da. I'm like, as is typical, you didn't, you're just scratching the surface and just seeing the big numbers and going, Rawr! you look beneath the surface and they're, they're, they have cash, they're doing fine, not fine, they're going to survive, they'll be all right. You know, right now it doesn't look like they're anywhere close to desperation, fire sale type stuff. This third-party platform thing is super interesting, yeah, and it turns out this has been this has been their plan all along. Like I, I didn't know this. Eric would talk about Series A deck, right? So Series A venture round when they went out with it, they talked about creating this platform where Open Door is one of many buyers coming into a seller and say, "We'll buy your house." Right. So this is sort of the perfection of hmm. that vision, right? And I'm like, that's that's pretty interesting, yeah. And uh, it's a new... yeah. I mean, we we we've had that argument before. I mean, I yeah. thought that this exclusive thing is a way bigger deal. I didn't think you know, it was. I yeah. I did not. I have to admit, I got this one. I misread this one. I thought open door exclusive is fine. Your own inventory, allowing third parties to do it. I thought, you know, like open doors a broker that belong to MLSs. That's there's a, there's an issue there, but on the other hand, when I when Sunny told me about this, she's like, "Well, if you don't sign a listing agreement, that's not a listing. You don't got to." Yeah, it into I mean, they MLS. own the property; they can do whatever they want with it, right? So, even yeah. if you don't own it, though, right? If you don't sign a listing agreement with a FISBO, it's not a listing, right? Right? You're just yeah. signing a platform usage agreement, right? I'm like, okay, that's interesting, right? Um, yeah, I think I think that the the thing that I, I would imagine how it works is like once an offer is made, then you have to sign the listing agreement, right? So it's a little bit of a coverage that way. Once an offer is made, then you have to. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, okay. So you're saying you can list it, but then when a buyer comes and clicks buy now, you're automatically listing with Open Door, right? And then an Open Door agent will shepherd the whole process through. That's what you're. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That could- I mean, because then it'll it'll basically show up on the MLS as a done deal, right? So if Open Door can do this, can others do it as well? Like could Keller well, I mean, Williams do it? Zillow. I mean, maybe, but you know, Zillow. Other companies have to buy homes, right? I mean, 
I guess Zillow does it now. They have the other tab. They can, you know, people can put, you know, the their listings on that other tab. It can't be on the tab that has all the MLS IDX listing, but. I guess what I'm wondering is say it's Compass, right? Right. Can say, hey, we're not signing a listing agreement. Okay. Instead, we're going to sign a platform usage agreement, right? So you're going to put your home on compass.com, right? And minute a buyer clicks, you know, like make an offer or whatever, the listing agreement between Compass and you get executed. Right. That way we can hold it off the MLS, right? <laughs> Do it as an exclusive for however long it takes and then we get a buyer and then listing agreement gets executed. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I mean, that's, maybe? I, I think it's a little bit different in the luxury market, but I mean, you know, I, I don't know. There's, there's a certainty of like, you know, uh, open doors, they're just built different from the ground up, right? Yeah. For a brokerage that's like, okay, we go, we get properties, we list the properties, we sell the properties. That's yeah, what yeah. they know. That's this what is they a do. whole yeah. different. Yeah. This is a whole, you have to be kind of ground up from this. As he said, if the Series A deck, this is their vision from the beginning. Well, that that's what it is, right? Because yeah. um, I think, I'm not sure, you know, again, to me, it, the, the reason why they did the deal with Zillow was to accelerate this this vision of exclusive listings. Mm-hmm. And so, but at least they have exclusive listings, right? And then this, this public, adding the public to it only kind of, supplements or expands that yeah the exclusive if a regular brokerage there they're not going to have their own bot listings they would have it would be just purely fizzbos right with right. an asterisk right right um and and i don't know if that inventory is going to be that big enough where people are going to go there to look when it's only right you know a thousand right. properties or whatever because right? fizzbos historic is like eight percent so it's not a huge number but eight percent is really big if you're open door right <clears throat> right Right. So it's it's a real interesting. No, they, which with again, this inventory differentiation is <clears throat> is something everybody's talks about, and mm-hmm. you want to begin at that point where like I'm checking Zillow and I got to go to the open door because there might yeah. be something there too. That's yeah. that's where they want to be for sure. Which yeah. <laughs> read, read the earnings transcript. I will look into it more. Let's come back to this because yeah, I yeah. you know like I said we're we're early reactions. The implications of that probably are reverberating. There are things that we are not thinking about. Maybe, maybe some of our listeners will chime in with kind of their take, what the implications they see are. Uh, there's bound to be some. Like this is, it's really interesting. Yeah, so, I just have a feeling we've got some some basic level of something wrong here, but hopefully not. Yeah, you know, maybe we'll reach we'll out to Open out. Door and be like, "Can you come explain this to us?" Yeah, you know. Uh, we'll see if they'll. Ooh, that'd be great to, to have us. one of those guys on here. Eric would yeah. be great. <laughs> All, All right, right man. I, that was uh, an hour. Oh, God, you know, like <laughs> no wonder. Take like one you know, thread and just pull it till that sweater's gone, man. I was talking to someone recently. It was like, you know, talking about kind of the, our our total, you know, like our audience market. I'm like, it's tiny because how many people give a shit about stuff like this? Like you yeah. and I do, and maybe twenty thousand people, right? But, they, but the, they give a shit enough that I always hear they're yelling at the radio or yeah, not only yelling that, but, at the, but the 20,000 people are like the C-suite execs. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't got a whole lot for like the average agent on the ground, but, uh, the people are telling those average agents the ground, you know, so, uh, it's, and we managed to 
get an hour out of earnings calls. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to, before you, before we wrap, is just make a, a quick shout out. I know there was something probably at the beginning of the podcast, but um, thanks to Michael over at Rentsbury for being uh, our new yep. sponsor. Yep, um, right on. Totally appreciate that and uh, keeps us going. So, um, right big on. shout out to Rentsbury. Go to, you know, everybody go to Rentsbury.com. I think any agent or broker adding rentals into the way they their business model is a smart thing i think they got a white paper on their site mm-hmm. that talks about mm-hmm. that but um but check out rents free i mean just right uh, and and our big thanks to those guys we really really appreciate it that's right well big thanks to you for uh for getting up early on a well i mean you're already up so i was up but yeah, yeah. here we go yeah i'm not gonna start uh, the day we're, we're going to see some photos and videos of this bus at some point I'm just yeah yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> follow my Instagram account you'll see plenty thanks everybody all right bye.